We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. It's nice to be back in the studio after traveling for it a is. while and yeah, yeah, getting yeah. past all the stuff that we've had to deal with. You've probably stuff, heard the past to two it. podcasts, yeah. mm-hmm. the grand total of all the stuff that was stolen, and uh, we're yeah. still recovering, but we we are. Are, the good news is we are on our way up. The gear is slowly getting replaced. Mm-hmm. We've we've got the bare minimum right now, but yeah. mainly our focus is podcasts and editing for the end of the season, <laughs> well, the end of the year. Yeah. And um, Todd is looking at me with a, yeah. a slightly glazed, terrified look in his eye All right All of now. the above. Well, here's the thing. I the, the Corvette film is scheduled for December 15th. Why? Is because we're supposed to premiere it for a bunch of people in Park City on that day, so I better have a film to show. Otherwise, you're all going to be looking at me like, um, we came, we're a here, what's going people, on? All the Corvette so, owners. Yeah, yes. so that's happening. Also, we should mention this. One of our Patrons, Shane, has had a crazy idea. Yeah, this is pretty cool. If you live in the D.C. area and would like to see the Corvette film on Sunday the 16th of December. Right. Again, i got to get it done for the 15th. But on Sunday <laughs> the 16th. has to actually be exactly, a film. Right. He is going to do a private uh, East Coast D.C. area screening, and he's going to sell some tickets for it. They're not going to be that bad, but I mean, it's, it's all inclusive. Here's the thing. It's going to be yeah. Yeah. hangout, food. Uh, we're going to do a Q and A uh, via Skype or something after after the screening with everybody, and we're and also you'll get a code <laughs> the, for the, the questions film. Questions are how are you guys alive? Yeah, that may be the question for me. I may not be. I may be trapped under something heavy while while we do this. Exactly. We'll see. But anyway, but but all of that's going to happen. So if you have interest and are in the area, send us an email. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. We're going to kind of field all of those to Shane, who's starting. Mm-hmm. He, he essentially has had this idea. He wants to set up. He's a longtime patron. Thank you, Shane. And if the interest is there, he will definitely host this. He's got it all kind of figured out. We're going to try to help him because he needs the film from us. Right. But, but if you'll that. let us know, Everyday Driver TV at Gmail, if you're interested in, in a screening in the D.C. area, uh, he would like to set it up for you. So we'll figure that out. But that means we are awfully. <clears throat> No, that's not the right way to put it. Consumed is the right way to put it. Consumed <laughs> with Corvette funny. editing. That's what's going on right yeah. now because I'm about a week away from needing to have the picture locked, which means that's parlance for I cannot change the edit anymore. Mm-hmm. Why, mm-hmm. Is, why is that two weeks out? Because I have to give it to the guy that's doing the mixing, the audio mixing. And if right, you make changes, right. your mix no longer matches. So I have to give it to the mixer so he can get the mix done. And then I will go into color, color correction to make the, the film look nice which I will do uh, up into the premiere while I kind of tap my fingers and wait for the mix to come back. But, of course, the mix, it will go out. This may be more than you want to know, but this is how they always happen. It goes out. We have a fantastic mixer. He does great work for us, and he knows our stuff now really well. Yeah, he's kind of gotten used to us. Totally. So it'll go out, and he will make a mix, and then he will send it to us, and we will do notes. And we'll go back and forth like that a couple times. We may even go with the features. We often go to his studio and do uh, an actual listen-through because we do the Mm 5-1, which is very cool surround with these films. So that's got to happen in that two-week period because it's got to get done so that's where we are and then there's tv after that yeah no kidding well in the midst of all that we are traveling to the la auto show we're going to yes. the press days that mm-hmm. is this week 2018 uh, as of this recording so we're just in and out real quick we're on wednesday november 28th if you see us around please say hello we'd love to say hi as well but we're not really having a meetup per se it's just hey walk the show floor and then Take you know Uber, Lyft, something back to the airport, and we're out. Did, did you hear about all the editing? Because the editing's the going to edit- happen on the plane yeah. going and the plane I, coming I back. I wish we're we in could for the do day. the LA meetup. We've been oh, talking about yeah. this. But if you're in the area, if you're cruising around the auto show, mm-hmm. we'd love to say hi. I mean, it's, it's press days. You know, a I lot of you can't get in. I will probably be spending some time at the Porsche Pavilion. If you need to find Paul, you'll find me everywhere. But if you need to find Paul, mm-hmm. you'll find him in the Porsche Pavilion. Uh, we And I will say this. Look, we, try to, we go to LA a few times a year anyway. And so we're hoping in the spring we're going to do an LA trip that's going to have a little bit of breathing room. Our last two have not. Yeah, so that we can yeah. do a good meetup in LA because I really want to. So we're going to do that for yeah. sure. This will be nice. So uh, that'll be seeing all the latest creations from everybody. LA's becoming a real thing. It's a I good mean, show, yeah. To pretty much really good, everybody yeah. is showing up there now. And uh, also there's a bit of news here that was dropped on us today about General Motors. They are mm-hmm. closing plants officially, and they're killing the Volt, among other cars. They're killing quite a few sedans. They're going the Ford it's, route. They're pulling cars. a Ford. cars. I'm noting yeah. the trend here is cars, yeah, and I'm just going, all right, come on. It's because they're not a charity organization. They are a business mm-hmm. in business to make money, and they are looking at the buying trends, and that is CUVs and SUVs. Yep. It's kind of yep. what all of us listening have feared for a while, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. 
I don't know what to make of it. We'll just take it as it comes. But yes, they are closing the Oshawa plant in Ontario. They're yeah, closing yeah. a few others. They're closing some powertrain assembly plants. And yeah, the Volt. Uh, what else? C- uh, CT6 Cadillac. The, the XTS should have died a while ago. Well, but yeah. that was their front wheel drive uh, halo car, which uh, has never CT6. been a sentence that works. Yeah, but the CT6 as well. Yes. Both of those caddies are dying. Of course, they're coming oh, out with the, holy. what is it, the X-T4, the, their little X-T4, small, they are that's advertising their desperate, like crazy you know, now. A desperate attempt to sell SUVs. And it, and it is good looking. I will give them that. And it's the right size that everybody's selling. But that mm-hmm. means the big sedan, let's, let's be honest, the, the A8 fighter from Cadillac is dying. Pretty much. Which is a loss. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's what Cadillac is known for. Okay? It is. The it's big rear-wheel the, drive the black, monster sedan. But who, you know, but who buys it? The town cars that's in New York, pretty much. Yeah. I mean... So that's going away. I think the Volt is a genuine loss. I really do. I think that is second a, generation. A, a forgotten car by a lot of people. And it's if you're looking at a commuter, it should be on the list. It's a great commute car. It is. It's still very valid for a lot of people because of the mm-hmm. price and it's not full electric yet. Yeah. To go full electric, yeah. you do have to change your life. You have to integrate an electric mm-hmm. car. But mm-hmm. I do see them really going pickup trucks, CUVs with gasoline engines, and electric cars. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where everybody is going. I... I've never really thought the hybrid thing would last. Hmm. It okay. is, you know, inherent in the name. It's just kind of a band-aid for a while. Okay. It's neither one or the yeah. other. Yeah. And I've yeah, I've I've made the the rant about never design or buy reversible things. Nobody wants reversible <laughs> stuff. A hybrid is kind of a reverse a reversible car. It's I see what of, you're saying. Yeah. I could yeah, go yeah, electric, yeah. I could go gas, which you know, What's my trip today? What do today? I have today? Yeah, that's fair. It's that's kind fair. of in that category. Okay, all right. And all right. I, I see that going away. GM is also reducing their salaried staff by 15% and executive staff by 25%. I've read about 14,000 people. Yeah. That's a lot of folks. It's interesting to think about. You, you suddenly get a sense of the scale of a company. Yeah. <laughs> when, you're, yeah. when you're chopping 50, less than 20% of your workforce and it's 15,000 people. Are there some more than 180,000 total employees worldwide? Well, it's got to be. Let's do math. They're, they're I mean, large. You know, it, but, but, I mean, that's the they're thing. Large. You don't get a sense of how massive that company is until they do a layoff. They do a layoff that's bigger than many other whole companies. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that wipes out Tesla and most small automakers oh, entirely yeah. with just no the people kidding. they laid off. Which so, is insane. You know, yeah, it is. It's nuts. So we are, yeah, feeling the loss of that and uh, the announcement there. But... Hopefully, we can find some more enthusiast cars and keep that going. I, well, I just wonder, is that going to mean older cars, older enthusiast cars are going to become more valuable and more highly sought out by the enthusiast community over well, time? We're watching the fracturing of the automotive landscape is what kind of products are car companies going to make. And yeah, you've already said sure. electrics and people movers, I think, are two of the categories. Whether the electrics are also people movers is TBD, but I think the gasoline CUVs are, are here to stay electric cars for city commuting, and then will there be, GM's a great example, will there be cars in the middle that are designed for enthusiasts? Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Chevy is not getting rid of the uh, Camaro, and of course they're doing a C8 mid-engine Corvette. I'll bet you there's so, some. Well, there's what's an funny interesting is, reality if of the, that car is a hybrid, if that C8 mm, is a hybrid, mm, okay. yeesh, you know, I, I wonder what What's going to happen with that? What's because it's gonna be? not going to be full electric, but True. it might have electric assist. But, but, but I, I will mean, say this, though. I will say this. We live in a world where look at the last three hypercars that came out, the LaFerrari, the P1, and the 918. Mm-hmm. They were all, in various degrees, hybrids. Yeah, so yeah. any car maker, Chevy being the top of the list, that says we made an enthusiast car that's a hybrid can go, we're not – being blasphemous, look at who's done it before us. Now, that doesn't mean that their sure. audience is going to be okay with it, but the the precedent exists. It does. It just it's in conflict with this announcement, I feel like. Because okay. the okay. other three yeah, car yeah. companies have never made any noises about, mm-hmm. you know what, we're going away from all that. No, they've mm-hmm. just embraced tech and electric assist to make their supercars faster. That's their thinking. Sure. Although we know sure, they've sure. probably yeah. all got plans in the pipeline where, you know, we don't know about yet, mm. but GM is now making this announcement. And then what happens with the C8 when they come out with it and everybody goes, I thought you just said you weren't doing hybrids or something along those lines. And Well, they're just not doing little sedans. That's we're what they're spe- not doing. Well, yeah. <laughs> sedans are not selling. We're, we're all buying CUVs. Pickups, really fast hybrids, <laughs> and a few weird CUVs Electric in the middle. Things. Yeah, very funny. That's kind of weird. All right. Well, uh, there's a bit of more news here. I wanted to touch on this, and I hope we get to see this at the LA Auto Show, mm. and that is the electric pickup truck from Rivian, mm-hmm. Patrick M. and uh, Jeff D. 
both on Facebook have asked about this. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about this real quick because I have mentioned before, whoever is making an electric pickup truck, and Mm -hmm. by that I mean a real pickup truck, one that can tow a lot of weight and is well-designed, well-thought-out, has a real bed in it, can carry people, all that stuff, that's going to be a winner. You'd think, yeah. Honestly, and so I'm reading the specs on this. Electric cars are the cars where specs matter. Have you noticed this? Because everybody sure. compares it to megapixels on a camera. And, you yeah, know, well, that matters because... In the digital world, we're all about, did you do more than the last day? We are well, yeah. otherwise, but in digital, we really are. Good point. I mean, yes, we're still searching for the fun-to-drive factor out of any electric completely, car that we're in. Yep. But now they're announcing a 400-plus mile range, 180-kilowatt battery for this thing, mm. which is huge. Yeah. Now, of course, depending on use, off-road, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and fluctuating mm-hmm. but they've got real towing capacity and it's like a yacht in the sense that all the nooks and crannies of the truck that used to be taken up by huge drivetrain mm-hmm. differentials transactions mm-hmm. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff those are now available to have available space and so sure. therefore yeah. it's yeah, yeah. very well thought out there's a lot of extra features that most pickup trucks just can't do. Yeah, you're right. I, I do it's hope this fascinating is fascinating. It'll to be me. interesting to see if it is and what it's like, and and if they can really can they produce this in mass? Because the, that's I mean this will start be slow because of the adoption. Yes, but this is what every electric startup, including Tesla, struggles with. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. it's not the we made one. It's can you make 10,000, yeah. and how fast can you make that many? Yeah, That's where economy it gets of scale, for sure. But the thing looks like a pickup truck. It looks it kind does. of mean and beefy and chunky, and this appeals to pickup truck buyers. Yeah. I can yeah, yeah. see this actually being successful. It's kind of between the Ranger and the F-150 or the Sierra and the Colorado, somewhere in there, to my eye, well, it looks that way. It, it looks like a variation on the Honda Pilot styling, and so that begs the question to me of will this sell to truck buyers? Does it look right? Now, the fact that it's electric, it will sell to a truck buyer who wants to be you know, the new adopter, which mm-hmm. the, that, that, there's no question in my mind that market exists. Oh, absolutely. But the fact that it looks, it looks a little bit off of your typical pickup, kind of in the way the Ridgeline did. It does. You know? It's still got a typical, you know, huge, heavy nose, real yeah, tall for nose sure, on for it. Sure. Yeah. And you think, well, you don't have to package a giant V8 in there anymore. You can yeah. make it look different. Well, they've made the form factor the same to appeal to pickup truck buyers. Mm-hmm. But then all those previously allocated space requirements, they're, they're open. You can yeah. put... You can have a frunk. You can have this weird pastor yeah. right behind the rear passenger. That is weird, yeah. I mean, they're saying golf clubs and, you know, all these kinds Rifles. of... Rifles. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Long stuff. Your yeah. chainsaws, your whatever it is. It's yeah. cool looking. Yeah, I see it. I'm excited by this, and I, I hope they do well, because this is an MIT grad, RJ Scaringe, who has started the company, took over a Mitsubishi factory in Normal, Illinois, and is now planning to crank these things out. I think this is the recipe for success. We'll see. The Mitsubishi factory wasn't doing anything else. So uh, yeah, let's do something no with it. That sounds like fun, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'm really intrigued by this. Of course, we're going to be seeing a whole lot of other cars at the LA Auto Show, which will trickle out in the uh, in the news, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll be posting a few of those from And uh, we'll from do a debrief show. on the next podcast. I mean, yeah. happy Tuesday to you. We will be at, the, at the, the auto show the next day, Wednesday, and then for Friday's podcast, that'll be an LA Auto Show debrief, so uh, you can hear more than you maybe ever wanted to know about that. <laughs> Thank you guys for being with us. Thank you for your support, not only of the podcast, but actually recently with our weirdness in Seattle yeah. and the GoFundMe page. I mean, we have really benefited from your generosity and your support of this show. Thank you. It's we been really encouraging for me completely. personally. Yeah. I know it has for you too, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I just want to speak from yeah. from the heart yeah. here. Just, it's been really encouraging to to hear people respond mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just show, like, hey, you guys are on the right track because. We might make it seem easy, maybe we don't, but it just it, it gets hard. It can there have been times when it's just, you know, wow, I I'm feeling beat down and I know everybody yeah. has experienced that, of but course. it uh I don't want it to come across in the content. I want to keep the levels high mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. it's just been a really great support. It's just been really encouraging. So thank you guys. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we do greatly appreciate your ratings of the podcast on Amazon, on IMDb, anywhere you would like to rate us, we would appreciate it. We don't rate ourselves. We appreciate that you do it, and that actually helps other people find the show. I've logged in for the 20th time under a pseudonym. No, we don't do that. New IP address. Look what I'm doing today. Look what <laughs> I wrote about us. We're great. Terrible. Uh, don't All right. Do well, we are, we are jumping to something pretty fun. It's kind of related to some things we've done in the past for Topic Tuesday. Mm-hmm. 
I'll title this as a question from Steve Yu as major milestone cars. Mm -hmm. And then after the break, we're going to get to a debate. And uh, let's see, we have Brian in Missouri who has gotten himself into a pickle. Mm -hmm. He is the accidental bidder. (laughs) <laughs> and he and his wife, Stacy, are wanting a particular car, so we'll explain that whole story. But For sure, yeah. It involves bring a trailer and accidental, oops, I clicked the button kind yeah. of. H- honey, do you like pause. You do like that. Oh, Hmm, maybe now we need one. It, it, it's it's a whole rabbit hole, and it, we're sorry. It's for both and, Brian and, and I'm, I'm still I'm still laughing as well, though, Brian. It's pretty great. So we'll definitely cover that. Steve has been a longtime listener and follower of the show. He's out of L.A., so thank you for sending in this question. Here's, here's his question. And we need to unpack this to make it make sense. And I think you and I did this the same. We'll see. It's picking cars from a significant milestone in our life. So if I'm understanding the rules correctly, pick something like the year you were born. Mm-hmm. What's a car you'd get from the year you were born? Okay. <laughs> and so people are laughing at me now that, because it's the that gets you know, difficult. All the list of Porsches from all. Well, that. yes, true. But I he's also saying, let's here. see if we can keep it in a somewhat normal budget of thirty-five to forty grand. Now, I took that as you could get them now for thirty-five to forty grand. I didn't necessarily think you could get them then for that. So I kind of, kind of, that's where it got a little fuzzy for me. Sure, but I still stayed in the fairly affordable realm, and I only did uh, five milestone years. But okay. I'm very curious where you went. I went actually kind of off the rails on one particular oh, really? category here. Okay. Because Steve has given us sample events. He's given us examples like your parents' wedding, your birth, your driver's license, graduating high school or college, a first job, a wedding anniversary, kids, nieces, and nephews' births, the year you move to mm-hmm. wherever, you know, big life milestone mm-hmm. events and the you know, the car surrounding that. What car would you choose? And I got stuck on weddings for some reason. Really? And okay. best wedding cars, even though that's not really what we're talking about, but I'm I'm giving myself a little wow. bit of a license because okay. I liked the list that I came up with. Okay. So I, I focused on weddings, but then I blew the budget, Steve. I kind of... Of course you did. Screwed that up a bit. But so you you and I actually did this totally differently, it Pretty differently. Like. I, I was just reading things. Wow, and okay, I just, all right. It took me in a weird rabbit hole of... What cars, you know, I'm not married now, but I, you know, one day. Okay. And what what would that be, you know, to drive right. away from the wedding? And what would be the circumstances around it? And wow, so okay. Like, you took this totally different know direction. Why. All right. That's, all right. Random. Good. And then, you know, I talked about first real jobs or first jobs in general and then uh, a birth of a child. So these are the categories. The sample events, let's okay. say, that I chose. Well, I actually n- nailed them to years, which now I feel a little weird because you're going to start doing math and going, <laughs> he's a lot older than I thought he was. Anyway, so that's that's where I, I ran around. And I actually had trouble, some, in some cases, going, the year I was born. Uh, what car on earth would I have wanted from the year I was born? <laughs> you know, because I'll, I'll... thinking back to that era, huh? I'm putting it back. Huh. I'll, I'll, look, I'll put it out there. 1973. Okay, some of you are, many of you are doing math right now. Okay, so anyway, so 1973, year I was born. Here's the problem. I can't get an E-Type because that's when the E-Types were terrible. That was the Series 3? The Series 3. Yeah. With the, where they just became bulbous and the bumpers got huge and the V12s didn't run well. And not that the, the straight sixes ran great, but the V12s was like a disaster under the hood. Plus, they just got <laughs> bulbous and ruined them because of all the regulations. So I can't go E-Type because it's actually the worst of the E-Type. Uh, so that, that was my great – I was like, I've got it solved. E-type. No, I can't go to Yuck. Datsun 240Z <laughs> was on sale in 1973. Oh, my gosh. Datsun 240Z is the car from the year of my birth. That was Steve's comment. He was like a car that actually was being sold new in that year. Because you can get crazy with this. Like I could say E-Type from the 60s, but it wasn't. Be, but it, but that version wasn't what was on sale uh. in 73. 1973 Datsun 240Z is my 1973 car. We also didn't do the exchange rate conversion because a brand new Datsun 240Z is well under yeah. uh, forty-two, $35,000, it will say. That's the budget that he gave us. Mm-hmm. But then you'd have to convert for inflation. Don't care. And Don't care. Not doing it that stuff. Nope. So you're well under that. Mm-hmm. Keep going, though. Okay. What other events uh, did you choose here? 1983, I was 10 and was moving back to the U.S. from living in England. Oh, right. Now, okay. my childhood, like okay. when I think of my, like my son right now is nine, okay? When he started having memories, he can probably still remember, like three-ish, okay? 
I think about how old my son is. That whole span of the life I've had with him so far, pretty much that age for me, I was in England. From age three to age 10, I lived mm. in England. Mm. So when anybody talks about their young childhood, I was in, the, I was in England in the late 70s, early 80s. <laughs> and at the time, here's okay. what's crazy. Right. And I've talked about this a little bit before. Here's what's crazy. I went back to England exactly 20 years after I left. I left in 83, and I went back in 03 to work the Lord of the Rings premiere, which is a weird That's thing right. to do. That's right. But what was crazy is when I left in 83, and I came to the U.S., there, think about it. There was no internet, and there was no, if you will, global culture yet. So when I came back to the U.S., unknowingly, I was kind of five years behind what was cool from a U.S. perspective. Interesting. But in, in England, I was, I guess, as cool as you can be as a fourth grader. I don't know I mean, how cool is that not, but you know I what I mean. I don't remember So there cool. was that. I, I never was, but you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. I did have the cultural difficulty of going from one of the most popular kids in the class to the least popular kid in the class over a summer from fourth grade to fifth grade. Did you not bring the fun. with you, or did it die as soon as you got to the U.S.? Well, but here's the thing. I was a kid that knew how to do the world's most perfect British accent when I lived there. So people thought I was British, but I also could turn it off. So one of the only ways I survived my fifth grade year was I, I made people laugh with that. Is I'd be mid-sentence and I'd just swap and I'd stay there until I decided to jump back out. And since I could turn it on and off, it was, a, it was a source of comedy instead of it's something to tease me about. Sure. There was plenty to tease me about. There was until, you know, up to this day, there's plenty <laughs> to tease me about. But the point is, this is not about that. The point is, 83, I moved back to the U.S. So, okay, car from 83, what would that be? Mm. And then I thought about it. This is where the 911 goes. The 911 SC from 1983. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. When I first noticed 911s, it was a red one with a whale tail right before I left England. Really? So 1983 Porsche 911 SC. That's a good one. That's that's the eighty three. I like. I've that. got I've got four more. No, three more. Okay, but, but jump in here real quick. All right, I want to jump to weddings here, and I don't know why this struck me. That but is I just, random. Okay, all right. I, I, I really I don't have anything going on in my head. But since you did your year of birth, I will also say I was born in nineteen seventy three as well, late nineteen seventy three, and it has to be either a Porsche nine eleven of that era or a BMW two thousand two, sort of the original kind of I can see that you know yeah. hot sedan. Yeah, yeah. I even thought of that as well. Today's comparison, it's not, but, but you know what time. I mean. Oh yeah, people yeah. were totally into them. But so we're I'm, filling our current garage based on milestone years. I see it. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, anyway, I'm I'm jumping to weddings and Steve. I took this kind of a weird direction because you said a, a wedding event as a sample event here, and then I thought, oh, what would be great cars? To drive away from your wedding in. We actually have had this variation of this question before, so you're off, kind of off topic, but at the same time, you're answering someone else's question I, right I now, so topic. keep going. Keep going. I've always thought, I mean, my own someday, hopefully, but I'm, I've been thinking about having the reception at like a really great car museum, like the Nethercut Collection or the <laughs> Mullen Automotive Museum. Your, uh, or, your future wife will have commentary. Hopefully, she is a car girl. You know, because, in and around yeah. these beautiful cars, the tables intermingled. Cool. Somebody listening surely has had a wedding reception at a car museum tell me how cool it is and then is a, cool? and then a kid dropped the shrimp down the back of the <laughs> classic whatever okay just brace yourself so shrimp in the back of the Duesenberg uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. J body why why is this shrimp back here yeah all bad <laughs> so it obviously depends on the age that you are mm-hmm. obviously how much money you have that's a key one it is a big deal but generally speaking People can be creative because mm-hmm. yeah. my sister, when she was married, we borrowed my dad's Jetta and she drove away from the reception in the Jetta and everybody's, you know, all the car enthusiasts at the reception, you know what they're thinking. Couldn't you have spent a little bit more time but on getting have, a cool really? car to yeah, drive yeah, the car, for sure, for drive sure. away from the reception? Come on. I mean, something cool. Many people yeah. do. They borrow a cool classic car, a Woody wagon or a mm-hmm. something totally, like that. Totally. Totally valid. But then I thought, what if, what if you knew people with a cool car? Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. I'd rather not be driven. And hopefully, mm-hmm. my wife and I would fight over who gets to drive. <laughs> so you're at a car museum and you're fighting. Wow, okay. I mean, I'm establishing a profile right now. Got it. Okay, keep going. You know, we're yeah. both driving enthusiasts. Yeah. Okay, so a C2 Corvette convertible, like a 1967, the big block, you know. I see it. You're throwing it. rice at me, so I'm throwing finely shredded tire chunks back at you. Perfect. You know? All right, yes. Let's, let's balance out the world here. <laughs> little burnout on your fine wedding clothes, right? right. Good, good. E-Type Jaguar is certainly on the list. Okay, yeah. Porsche 911 Cabriolet. And by the way, this led me to convertibles. Mm -hmm. You're not really a convertible guy. I'm not. I'm not either. Yeah. But this is where convertibles are 
perfect. I agree with that. I agree with that. This is where you should have a convertible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Prince Harry and Princess Meghan drove away from their wedding in the Jaguar E-Type Zero, the electric yep. flavor of that. It's all PR. It's all well, PR. Yes. But, but yes, then I thought, on. well, the, the Zero could be cool. They mm-hmm. did it really yeah. right, but yeah, yeah. I don't think they really had to put much thought to it because it was probably offered up to them. They had, they had cars thrown at them, I, I I'm sure. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to give you a free, free little bit of advice. Those of you listening, if any of you are considering at any point in your life getting a fun, unique car to leave your wedding, and, and some of the stuff you're listing falls in this category, I've I've watched what I'm about to, to say be done badly. Okay, if you are going to borrow somebody's nice classic car. Do not have the first time you drive it be when you climb mm. into it after the wedding reception to leave because you are bound to screw screw something up and probably stall it. I had a buddy. <laughs> I was at his wedding. He got into a C2 Corvette. Oh. It was, it was a coupe. And, of course, what did he do? He stalled it. Oh. Because he'd never driven it before. That's no good. And I'm not saying you know, you're going to be brilliant at it, but I'm saying you have to at least have driven it some before you climb in it then so that you are familiar with the car and how it works. Do not get used to this car True. with your spouse sitting beside you and you're in nice clothes or whatever and people are throwing stuff at you and they're yelling and they're screaming and there's cans. and <laughs> please, please, please know the car. Hopefully no cans. Well, you I don't say that. Cans. You say that, but this is what happens. Well, yeah. And, you know, bride and groom probably have <clears throat> other things on their mind at that point. Shoe polish is on the windows. I'm just saying. Away. Think about what happens. Okay. A 356 convertible is on the list. How cool would that be? Well, yeah. But then I thought, huh, let's get real here. How about a Shelby Cobra? A real one would be preferable, but a replica will do. Leave your wedding reception backwards I'm and not you. on purpose. Throw Again, some drive tire it first. behind you and do the world's greatest burnout as you're leaving the reception. The guests will be talking, right? Yeah. Yeah, or you might be on the news, depending on how that goes. Four, four five more. 62 oh Lincoln Continental Convertible. Yeah. Cool car. Yeah. 1959 Cadillac Series 62 DeVille Coupe. You did have fun with well, this Well, convertible at this point. I know where you're going. A 1929 Lagonde Tourer. Sure. With the gorgeous sure, cycle fenders. Everybody's throwing those out, so that'll be easy. Or a 28 Bugatti Type 37A, one of my favorite cars ever. Straight eight. <laughs> Gosh. But if you have a summer wedding, how about a Vespa? How about a Vespa? A cool, there, restored Vespa. There is not a bride and groom in history that have left a wedding reception, by the way, in this country on a Vespa. It just looks so good in photos. Come on. Overseas, sure. In this country, I doubt it. Now, we're about, Italy, to, yes. we're going to get an email. We're going to need an email with photos. And I welcome it, by the way. But I left it a Vespa, I don't think, is really high on that list. Learn to ride the Vespa just like you would learn to oh start gosh. and drive and learn a manual car. Oh, yes. Please Before do. you drive away from the reception. Okay. All right. But I'm just thinking ahead here. And, of course, Steve, all of those cars blow the budget wildly. and. Uh-huh. You know, that event hasn't existed in my life quite yet. But You just uh, went dreaming and went, let's take Big Life event thought, and let's find the cars for it. I see where this that's went. That's kind of where my brain This went. is what's funny about Topic Tuesday. I just want an excuse to you go drive off. away from the cool reception in there. a cool thing. The end. That's where my brain went. <laughs> let, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you how wedding blending goes. Okay? Your wife-to-be <laughs> throws an amazing party and you get to come. That's how exactly. that works. You just happen to be You invited. get to be there. Aren't you lucky? People get to look your general direction because you're standing by her. That's kind of how that works. Right. It's okay? her day. You just happen to be invited. But, but what you get to do is you get to fight for those few things. And le- car to leave in is one of them where you get to go, this is me. This is all me. Now, now it depends. I realize everybody's wedding is different, but generally, she's throwing a party and you get to come. <laughs> all right, so hopefully you'll get back to leave, here. leave nicely. Uh, so I've got uh, a few others that are major milestones in my life. Uh, I went with – I thought about do I do high school or do I do college graduation? Mm. I decided to do high school because the same car was being sold at either of those milestones for me, and I wanted to get farther away from the next milestone, which was my wedding. Okay, so I did sure. 1991. People keep doing math. 1991, I graduated high school. You know what car was on sale then? Uh, that I would the love NSX. to have bought new. Yes, but I'm staying cheaper than that. Nissan 300ZX Twin Turbo. I mean, you didn't have the Twin Turbo version, but you did have the 300ZX. But, but a 91 Nissan 300ZX Twin Turbo, done. The ZX? Yes, love it, love it, love it. Cool. And then uh, jumping over... Uh, the combination of college graduation moved to Los Angeles milestone to go to my wedding in 98. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just celebrated my 20th anniversary with my wife. And I Congrats, have to say this, I have to say this. Um, 
I'm not that old. It's impossible for me to have been married that long. And yet, according to the calendar, it's true. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So 1998, the wedding year car, I actually thought because it's the wedding year car and because of my wife and because I don't have an SUV anywhere else on this, this list, 98 is when they were selling a two-door Chevy Tahoe. My they wife, were, weren't yeah, they? My wife and I had a Yukon, which is the equivalent, but the big four-door guy. I forgot about that. But they were selling a well, two-door. Donnie here in town locally has one. That's right. Well, it was like the K5 Blazer when exactly, they exactly. You know, so kind of next-gen after that. My wife is a truck girl. It'd be yeah, nice she to have is. the big bomb-around SUV. The two-door Tahoe was a moment-in-time car. So the two-door Chevy mm. Tahoe, 1998, mm. brand new, goes there. And the last one on my list is 2009, the birth of my son. Okay. I can't go 2011, which is when the, all those moment-in-time cars hang up. But you know what they right. were still selling in 2009 is the Honda S2000. Oh, they were? Good. Now, I did think two others that blow the budget for 2009. They were selling the Lotus Elise with the supercharger from the factory, the SC, mm-hmm. and the Aston Martin Vantage V8. Were both 09 capable cars, but I think they're above the budget. At least knew they were, and they kind of still are now. So they're kind of in the gray area wild card. But the S2000, just go get one. 2009, there's my last car. And it's the only convertible. Very cool. Wow. I'm I'm leaving you with my first job, and that was 99. I was working as a designer for Kawasaki mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Orange County in California. Interestingly, I was just I was part of the engineering team as a designer and just one designer on staff. The rest of them were in Japan. And I did have the <clears throat> 99, 996, well, eventually the turbo poster on my wall, but the 996 was ah, yeah, <laughs> that was the one I wanted because it was the, the newest, it was the latest, greatest, deep. whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was looking at those and uh Interestingly, all through my education, I had never really been into Porsche. I was as a kid, and then I discovered hmm. everything else through my car design education hmm. Okay, because of the studio tours that we did, because of my internship sure. at Ford, because sure. of yeah, yeah. You know, all the, the literature and input mm-hmm. in design and exploring French designs and you know yeah, German, yeah, yeah. whatever that was. So I, I found all these other car designs, but then I came back and I sort of remembered how much I liked Porsche. It was strange. Like, oh, yeah, I guess, right. I <laughs> this was forgot. a short trip. It was more like you turned around and went, oh, yeah, oh, it used to be standing still. right behind me. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was very interesting. So, you, got out, you climbed out of the pool of Porsche and stood on the edge and faced away from it for a few years and then just turned around and fell <laughs> back in. That's <laughs> really all that happened. Did, That's really all that did happened. Did a somersault back into the pool. And then I will say, you know, the birth of your child, you're probably going to want a lightly used armored personnel carrier. <laughs> To drive home from the hospital in? There is that, yes. The car seat that your kid was in a year ago is now supposedly a death trap. What happens to all those old car seats? Is there a big pile somewhere in the middle of a desert? I hate to say it, but I think they wind up in countries whose regulations aren't as stiff. It's probably true. I think it's where they go. I was hoping that they'd be repurposed into plastic toys or something. It'd be nice, but I doubt it. But but I will tell you, you were talking about car to leave the hospital uh, in, okay? (laughs) Which is a good milestone thing. I will say this. That kind of brings up one of the first really terrifying moments of parenthood. Because when you're in the hospital and you've had and your wife's had a baby, other than the fact that she's in great discomfort and this crazy thing has happened. Yes. Life is kind of easy from a parenting perspective because there's a lot of people around and their well, entire true. job sure. and all they do every day is take care of infants. Sure. So the sure. feeding and the changing and the, all of this is occurring, okay? So what happens is Depending on how long you're in the hospital, it, the worse this gets. We were in for a couple of days. Uh, my wife had some complications, but it doesn't matter. The point is... Onwards, yes. When, we walk, when you walk out, they also do this thing that they do at hospitals. It's driving me nuts anyway. Where <laughs> Because of regulations and, and please don't sue us, they roll you to the curb in a wheelchair, right? <laughs> Always. Yes, yes. So your wife's being rolled to the, wheel, uh, to the curb in a wheelchair with uh, the baby on her lap. Mm-hmm. And... For, for the whole time you've been in the hospital, every, everything's been taken care of. You have a child, but yet you have none of the responsibilities. They roll you to the curb where your car is sitting. <laughs> they hit the eject button. And everyone vanishes. <laughs> exactly. And now you have your car, big city. You suddenly, it's like, it's like uh, the world goes off of mute and you suddenly hear all the city sounds. And you're holding this <laughs> tiny little person and going, where'd everybody go? 
<laughs> what I just? But how do I do the the clip in with the thing? Is he okay here? Or do I have to? And everyone's gone. There's no reference point. There's no. Everyone's gone. It's the craziest wow. thing. You go from all the help you'll the most help you'll have in your life raising a child to zero between the front door and the curb. Wow. Well, hopefully you'll have parents or in laws or friends. Theoretically, to theoretically, but I'm telling that you, that is a moment of parenting terror right there. Because literally, the, the only thing going through my head was, where did everyone go? Our job is done here. Moving on. Holy cow. All right. Uh, that took a weird turn, but I... I'm, it did. You, you you did a big left turn, but hopefully I did. we've been helpful and fun anyway. I just wanted to name cool cars about I cars know. I wanted to... I anyway. Know. All right. If you have your Topic Tuesday question you'd like us to discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly you try to make it highbrow. This is not highbrow. It's lowbrow. Please write to us. EverydayDriverTV at Gmail. You can also write your car debates there. And Absolutely. Please, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear what's going on with you guys. Write your debates. Write your Topic Tuesday questions. And uh, we've had a few people who don't use social media, and that mm-hmm. is totally valid if you've got questions for mm-hmm. us as well. Completely. We love uh, taking questions there. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Podcast One Sports is your home for the Underdog Sports Network. Join Chris Horwadell and friends each week as they cover the biggest stories in sports with shows like Tales from the Association, the Underdog Sports NFL Show, and you're wrong and here's why. You can't rely on draft picks a lot of times with quarterbacks. There's four to five quarterbacks drafted in the first round that are complete busts. Check out all these exciting shows on the Underdog Sports Network every week on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We've all got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance to that list. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes, yes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing you do today. We're back with a cautionary tale. I mean, it feels like a cautionary tale, doesn't it? Wait, what? Wait, wait, I think we are. I mean, poor Brian in Missouri writes to us because he was on Bring a Trailer, which is where most cautionary tales begin these right. days. If you're a car enthusiast, you have been on Bring a Trailer at some point. And is that the car enthusiast equivalent of here, hold my beer? It kind of so is. So I was on Bring a Trailer, yeah, and you is. know the story is going yeah. sideways from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, I looked at my budget. Then I threw my budget out. Then I went, <laughs> I'm going to bid on this anyway. But, but You Brian, remembered me and throw your budget exactly, out Exactly. But promptly. Brian is a car enthusiast. His wife really isn't. Okay? So he, like many of us, is on Bring a Trailer every now and then looking at random things that he probably isn't going to buy and really couldn't afford. And Oh, they have one of those now. This is how the Bring mm-hmm. a Trailer pr- progression goes. And then, and then <laughs> you wind up... those? Seriously, I remember those cars. Seriously. And then I end up looking at that card going, shouldn't I get one? How could I get a... Okay, it's I got terrible. one for you. Mitsubishi okay. Galant VR4. Do you remember these cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Mitsubishi built cars. Yeah, when they did that, yeah. Wow, fond memories. The, the amazing, some of the things I've seen on Bring a Trailer, I'm like, wow, one of those is for sale. <laughs> Where would I put it? What would I Let's stop? See. Stop! 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 I then I, how much insurance I, would uh. exactly. Then I try to close the browser, but it often doesn't happen. But this, but Good this luck. is what Brian was doing. He was on Bring a Trailer, and he finds a 2006 Mercedes SLK 55 AMG. Pretty cool. And he thinks, "Wow, that's fun. That's really cool." And he mentions to his wife, who. Anytime he mentions it to his, his wife, Stacy, she just kind of goes, whatever. Hi, Stacy. She just kind of rolls I know her you're eyes. listening. Oh, of course she is. So she, every time he goes, hey, honey, look at this car, she's like, I, I don't really care. She just doesn't. <laughs> but he shows her this, and she goes, that looks really cool. Yeah, she kind of lit up. You should, you, should, you should bid on that. So now Brian's completely confused because, first off, she noticed. Secondly, she's intrigued. And thirdly, <laughs> why don't you bid on that? <laughs> a lot of confusion. His hand must have been hovering over the mouse at this point, or he turned around and dashed back to the computer and Probably, tripped yeah. on the edge of the carpet and accidentally hit the button because he bid on this car. Yeah. We have no indication that his bid was successful in buying the car, but at he didn't least get the he car. Bid. He, he bid but did not get it. Which is a scary moment in yes. and of itself. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And so he has this side question. When bidding on you know websites like Bring a Trailer, bidding on a car, do you have to have your financing up front? They said they could have gotten a loan without problems, but he wasn't sure how it worked. Well, if you read the rules on buyers and sellers on Bring a Trailer, they pretty much expect you to have the money ready to go. Mm. How you do that is kind of up to you. Mm. But if you don't have the money, there have been multiple instances of buyers getting banned from the site because Mm. they can't come up with the money. They either didn't have the financing up front, they thought it was going to come through, it didn't. 
or they just were playing around. Yeah. All kinds what's, of stories. What's their time frame though? Isn't it twenty four hours or so? I mean, it's got to have some sort of time frame. I read that. I got to be able was, to. It was I forget what it like, is. Okay, you're serious. Yeah. Now the money. Yeah, comes. yeah, yeah. It's we're not ready like to have any the money time. now. Yeah. As is the seller. What if you were the seller? You didn't want to wait a week for the mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse of you know the the buyer coming up with the money and all that stuff. So they just indicate you pay now. You you know yeah, have your credit have card deposit frame. and then you win the the car. It's time for you to pay. However mm-hmm. you're going to pay, yeah, whether it's yeah, yeah. cash, whether it's financing, you better bring that. So that's my take on, you know, if you're expecting to win, <clears throat> you better the have the print. money ready to go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unlike most of us, which we don't have the money ready to go, but we are <clears throat> <laughs> But we're thinking about bid. bidding anyway because, you know, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. All right. So now Stacy wants the SLK or the SLC. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love this. I, I I just love the completely unexpected turn this took for Brian, who's like, hey, there's a laugh. Honey, look at this car. What do you mean you want that? What, what do you mean you want one why now? You, why don't you go ahead and bid? Wh- what? <laughs> so the SLC, if you've been following, this is the new name for the old SLK. So this yes. is the platform where it continues. It's kind of old in that, in that sense. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get one, buy smart. Well, like Brian didn't, but... He, you know, buy the, but the prior generation for a yes. lot less money with yes. low miles. But he didn't end up with the bring a trailer one, so he's okay. Correct. He also has a 2012 rear-wheel drive C350 in Mars Red. Mm-hmm. So he clearly likes Mercedes, but yeah. he wants to drive something different next. Yeah. And so he and Stacy went to a Fiat dealer to test drive a Spider. The 124, yeah. 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 They quickly found out that car is not for them. <laughs> this is why you test drive, though. This is the key thing of test drives. Now, they didn't have an automatic, but they said the interior is way too small for us. Mm-hmm. Now, he's only 5'11", but he couldn't get comfortable. And Stacy wanted an SLK. She wanted to test drive the SLK. So yeah. they ended up driving a 2017 SLC yeah. 300, which is the same car, updated styling, updated engine. Yeah, yeah. Three-liter motor. So she loved it because it was a hardtop. And she also loved the air scarf. Who doesn't love the air scarf? <laughs> I want to know what happened to the person that came up with that. Was there a promotion, a promotion. or did they get booted out of the room and they did it anyway? I'm sure. They, because they did it. You know what we should do is we should reroute the HVAC system mm-hmm. so that it blows warm air on the back of your neck when the convertible tops down. Not only in six years when the cars fail because the system is so complicated, it'll cost <laughs> this owner a lot of money to fix it. But air scarf. Yeah. Because Air Scarf. And then somebody in marketing came up with a name for it because they didn't think of it when they when they originally built it. Somebody in marketing came up with a name for it and went, I'm going to lunch. Air Scarf, I'm you, out. You want to drive your convertible with the top down in the winter? Yeah. Airscarf.com. Now, he thought the driving experience on this car was fine, but he said, yeah, you can tell it hasn't been really rethought, redesigned in about a decade. He could break the end loose a little bit, but he just said it didn't really handle well. Probably not really checking the box for you that of... An enthusiast car that you're that you're looking for, but that's not honestly. Let's be honest. That's not its market segment. That's not where it's supposed to shine. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's it's like the mini SL is really where yeah. it's positioned. You can't you know throw down for and the SL. Have you tried an SLC? And it's good to drive, but it's not intended to be. It, it's not the person that wants to go track their convertible. Is mm-hmm. never going to buy that car. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a question about safety in here as Brian has begun to look at Jaguar F types and Porsche Boxsters. Stacy says, why can't we just get the SLK or the SLC? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's because he's looking for the driving experience. Yeah, yeah. And so two things, and that is, Brian and Stacy, I want you to identify the areas of things that you like. Why do you like that SLK or the SLC Agreed. so much? Why is it? What is it that you're attracted to? The brand, mm-hmm. the image, mm-hmm. the, you know, the driving experience or lack thereof? What yeah, is it yeah, about yeah. that car that attracts you so much? Because clearly you're Mercedes people. And the second is safety. And that is, Stacy wants the hardtop convertible because safety. Yeah. And I do want to reiterate, the safest car is the one that can avoid the accident in the first place. But <laughs> convertibles, including the 911, have the rollover protection system, the ROPS, yeah. that fires the, the headrests above your head. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be doing something Pretty stupid to get the rollover protection system to fire and engage. Rolling over a modern SUV is difficult. A modern sports car is nearly impossible. If you are drifting sideways through an intersection and all four wheels hit a curb sideways, congratulations, you flipped your car. Short of that, it's incredibly difficult to do. And when you hear about that car flipped over, I don't care, convertible, SUV, doesn't matter. It, it, it typically is the end of some sort of crazy, violent series of events. Yeah, it's it's not good, we'll say. 
Not that it can't be done. Oh, it can be done. It can Don't be go done. hunting for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not going to be done accidentally. Oops, I rolled my car. Those days are behind us. With the <laughs> Suzuki Samurai, that died. All right, so she's got the 2015 Lincoln Navigator, which he doesn't like. She loves it, but this is, this is the family trip car. This is the it's load up staying. with stuff. It will be there, yes. And uh, she needs this car to be an automatic hardtop convertible because short weekend getaways. Mm-hmm. And so they're open mm-hmm. to pretty much anything, but really what Brian's is saying here is he's accidentally created the problem with the button click, <laughs> and he doesn't know how to get Stacy to like something different other than Mercedes is kind of what mm-hmm. I'm hearing yeah, you say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Honestly, I mean, I, I admit to having a favorite brand. We all do. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of other favorite cars as yeah. well. Yeah, I Not see that. every car manufacturer, I know it sounds shocking coming from me, <laughs> not every car manufacturer, every product in their lineup is great and perfect. There's mm-hmm. somewhere they kind of fall down and these other products are better mm-hmm. from a competing car company. Sure, sure, sure. And so I come back to the identify the list of things of why do you like this? You know, what is it? The way, you, way it makes you feel. You know, mm-hmm. what is it about that car? Mm-hmm. Or is it the badge on the hood? Yeah. That's our take every car we drive. And there have been many cars that are non-Porsches I have fallen deeply in love with. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And we have to remove that, you know, and, and really come in mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. with no preconceived notions in our head. So I'm hoping if you can identify those, Brian and Stacy, that will lead you yeah. to, yeah. oh, I like this about the car. I like this, this, and this. All right. Well, let's go shopping. With mm-hmm. those things in mind... Let's go shopping at this price point. And he says forty grand. He knows I'm gonna blast it right to forty grand already. Oh, of course you are, yeah. She wants to spend no more than twenty five K. And so I thought about the E ninety three BMW E M three. Oh, okay. Found you a twenty twelve M three convertible with thirty six thousand miles for thirty two grand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you might be for whatever reason you might want to go not want to go back that far. Okay. All right. And so I thought about the F83 2015 BMW M4 convertible, hardtop convertible. Did you find one of those for this? Found one for 38. Did you really? Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of car for the money. There's a lot of them. 35, of 38. The convertibles drop like stones, though. That's the They thing. do. Those M car convertibles cannot hold on to their value down the block when you buy one. It's unbelievable. That's my thought for you guys is okay. that 2015 right. M4. Okay. Go look at that's that car. That's a lot of car. Yeah. It is a lot of car for sure. I was initially thinking about your price cap, and I thought way back to the 2013 Volvo C70 T5. You remember that car? I, I do, but I do not think of it as an enthusiast car. It's not an enthusiast car, but what are what are we going for here is my question. Yeah. Well, but, okay. I found one for 17 k which leaves 23 for Brian to go get a Boxster. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there it is. Now it makes sense. Now I understand why the Volvo came up. We Got checked it. the hard top convertible box. That is very box, funny. That is very funny. And it leaves space for your Boxster. And then those weekend trips, you can take both cars and get swapped driving. Or maybe not if you don't want to. <laughs> I love it. But I, I do like that M4 because Good twist. Good twist. they are very interesting. They're, mm-hmm. they're a lot of car. They're large. They're way more than an SLK or an SLC. Mm-hmm. They're way more in every category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no see air that. scarf, unfortunately. No. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that for you guys. Um, you know, they're hardtop convertibles from various manufacturers mm-hmm. seem to be such a compromise, but that in my mind, BMW is the least compromised. I see that. I see and that. I wanted this, I, I like this email, guys, because it gave us an opportunity to talk Mercedes, which is not a car sure, or a brand true. we get to talk true, about true. very much because of the price point of these cars when you get into the real ones that we love, the AMG, yeah, whatever they're, it is. They're, they're awesome. But those are yeah. great driving cars, mm-hmm. but the ones in the middle, they're designed to insulate you from the driving experience. Absolutely true. That is what the Mercedes brand is all about. <laughs> that is their intention. Yeah, So fair we don't point. come and arrive yeah. at this car very often yeah. and say, you know what you should get is. Mm-hmm. So that's why I want you to come back and say, what is it about that car? It, do you want to be insulated from that driving experience? Mm-hmm. Good question. Wonderful. Yeah. Go, yeah, yeah. go after that Mercedes. That's what they yeah. want. That is the kind of buyer they want. But if you're wanting something as a more of a balance, mm. I think that's where the BMW M4 could come into play. I like. I like. I have uh, drive homework for you. I, I like that M4. I did not go there. I went somewhere different. Okay. But I have drive homework for you, and it, it, is, it is four cars I want you to drive. And the SLK is in there. I okay. want you to go drive. Here, here's the thing. And, Stacey, I'm, I'm going to speak to you for just a second because I'm sure you're listening. Uh, don't worry about the hardtop convertible. 
let, let, you started by looking at the fee at 124, which obviously isn't mm-hmm. okay. Sure. So so don't worry about that. It's not a requirement. You, you restrict yourself from a lot of really good cars by saying I need a hard top convertible. Since this isn't your anybody's primary car, it's the weekend fun car. Embrace the convertible reality. The convertible tops are really good now, by and large. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. the hard tops, it's not that much safer. Okay. I would love to say Miata RF, but you didn't fit in the 124 cabin, so you're not going to fit. It's, it, I mean, come on. The, yeah. the, it's the Fiat. It's the same cabin, yeah. so it's not going to work. However. Gorgeous looking car, though. You need to go take a drive day, and I need you to drive four cars in one day. Mm. doesn't mean you're driving the example you're going to buy, because you may have to go to like Car Row in your local uh, area and just buy, drive all the brand new ones because they're down the block from each other, and then go shop the one you'll buy. But there's four cars I want you to drive. And I want the SLK to be one of them, but you need to drive them in proximity of each other, hopefully all on the same day. And then, like Paul said, we ha- we had the same thought. You need to sit down and talk about pros and cons of these cars, but both of you need to drive them and forget what the badge is. Mm-hmm. Climb in and drive it, and then have a conversation about what did you like and not like. Because I have a feeling the two of you it may be difficult right now for you to sit down together and pinpoint, what do I want? I think you kind of don't know. Brian would like to really enjoy driving it, but how much do you need to enjoy driving it? And then Stacy would sure. like to enjoy being in it, but where's the compromise there? Where, where's the middle ground? And where's the thing? Obviously, Stacy, you need to dr- test drive these cars as well. Oh, absolutely. Don't let Brian this is a drive day for them. both of you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. drive that SLK. Drive the Jaguar F-Type for sure. That is up there. That's great. For sure. Drive the Porsche Boxster. Mm-hmm. Those are three very different approaches to a convertible fun car. But you have yeah. to add the BMW Z4. It is a hard top convertible. Mm. It is great looking. Honestly, Brian, I would like to get you out of Mercedes because you had that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean the SLK might not still win this, but add that BMW Z4 convertible hard top. It's the competitor in all of these situations. It's the it's the two seat, it's the two door Comes in a hard top. It looks great with a top Those up. Those do look great, actually. They look fantastic with yeah. the top up. And that is hard to do. I feel like it's really difficult to make a hard top convertible that has the right look with the top up. Mm, sure. And they've done it. At, at, with, I mean, the Miata RF is another one that I love. But that, that Z4 is fantastic in this regard. So drive the Z4 convertible, the F-Type, the SLK, and the Boxster. Nice. And have a conversation nice. about what did you like, what did you not like. Badge is irrelevant. What did we enjoy? And then I think you'll find something where both of you are like, I can go with that one. (laughs) And I I honestly, because I want a new experience for you, I hope it's not the Mercedes only because of a new experience. But if you drive all four of those and it's still the Mercedes, that's the way to do it. Test drive it like that. Yeah, that Z4 is going to be larger than that Fiat, so don't worry about the size. Oh, they all are. You're going to fit all of these better. It's a small-ish car, but for a... Convertible, it's kind of on the large side. You well, the M4 is too, but it's the just... The M4 is bigger again. It's, yeah. it's the big weekend getaway. Mm-hmm. There's so much to love about the car. I mean, there's just so much power and space and all that stuff. You I will think. fit in all four of those well. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Clearly, driving homework. And by the way, go have some fun. Completely. Completely. Make car a shopping and buying is stressful. It is. It is. Just remember to have fun and just take as it comes. <laughs> Actually, that leads me perfectly into the first of the questions of the night Excellent. that I really wanted to cover. Ed the Sled wrote in on Instagram and said, what do we think of Tesla's direct-to-consumer sales idea? Do we wish that car dealers didn't exist? Because a lot of people have horror stories, just like we're saying oh, yeah. for Stacey and Brian about yeah. buying cars. Do we wish that the dealership experience didn't exist and it was direct-to-consumer? I will tell you right now, I love this Tesla approach. I really do. Now, I'll tell you things I think are problematic about it, but everything else in our life, we can just go buy from the manufacturer. Now, that doesn't mean we don't use a third party. You can go into Best Buy and buy an Apple product, but you are essentially still buying the direct product from the manufacturer. You check these boxes. I want these things and not these things. Oh, you have that one in stock. I'll take it. That's how we buy everything. Yeah, Yeah. Doing the dance with a third party that exists to be a third party is problematic, and it creates a it creates a gray area of, uh, am I getting what I'm supposed to get? Because you don't have the direct buy idea. I actually love that about Tesla. Now the problem is having that many fingers out there for one company, and Tesla's experiencing this. 
how do you get the service done? How do you get the supply chain done? Mm-hmm. This makes it much more difficult. On the on the flip side, the Tesla Rangers. Yeah, exactly. On the flip side, the dealer, your local dealer, is the third party going to bat for their customers to try to get that car in stock. They're trying to make sure these parts exist. We have to do service on this car. That that's what the dealer is doing. Okay, they they're trying to get their allotment of whatever car. So they are on on one level the advocate for their customers, like the local Porsche dealer here in Salt Lake. Supposedly, they sold more 918s out of that dealership than anywhere. They which clearly is had, astounding which to shocks me. me. If it's true, it shocks me. But but they had the client base of interest, and they had the the history with Porsche to be able to fight hard to get those cars here. Okay, that's the upside of the dealer, and the fact that they have the infrastructure to get you that random part and to get your get your car serviced. That the direct system is difficult to do, but I like because the way we shop otherwise, the fact that you can just go in and go, I want that car and those options, and this is my build date and done. Mm. Love it. Oh, interesting. All right, there's some questions over here. Hal B is asking quite a few, as a matter of fact. I want to try to touch on a few of these. He's asking about Uber and Lyft and the announcement that Waymo, Google's self-driving car, is said to be launching its first commercial autonomous car service in the next couple of months. No, I really can't share any thoughts, although the experience that I had mm-hmm. after working for them for on a consulting gig for two weeks in July was described by a Bloomberg reporter in, a, in an article about first uh, I guess test early test mm-hmm. riders, mm-hmm. and it was a girl who goes to high school in Arizona. Yeah, yeah and yeah. her mom puts her in the in the Waymo in the autonomous car and takes her back and forth between home and high school. So the the experience that that reporter described, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything about that I experienced, and I thought, well, I can talk about that because mm-hmm. you know it's clearly out there by you know massive news channel, yeah. But anything else past that, I cannot until they make their big announcement. I still know a few things that I cannot say, and I wish I could talk about it, but I will once it they're, comes out. They're doing way more than everybody else. Yes, they are. Say, I had to do it. Yes, yeah. they are. Well, Hal is also asking about uh, if I am dating a swimsuit model. <clears throat> oh, you like this question. Okay. I did like this, this question. This is why you're thinking about marriage. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of struck me. Will uh, he let her sit on the GTS for a photo shoot? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Can I... Can I be doing the photo shoot? Can I be like taking the photos too? And family podcast, family podcast. Come on, yes, I would. <laughs> yes. Check please, check please. <laughs> this table. All right, moving on. What what next? Uh, let's see. Um, what's the better value from John uh, Bungie on uh, on Facebook? What's the better value? Twenty sixteen GT three fifty for fifty k. 2012 uh, or twenty thirteen Boss three hundred two for thirty k. Or a 997.2, that is a late 2000s 911 at 60K. I actually think it's the GT350 for 50K. If you can get one of those for 50K, I think you've got Hmm. an amazing car for the money that it's going to lose value. They're all going to lose value. But I think that is such a moment in time car, I think it actually is going to hang on better than the others. And it has a very unique driving experience. I, I like the idea of the 997.2 Carrera S. I, I like it, but that's not an overly unique Porsche. It's a great driving experience, but it's not an overly unique Porsche. The Boss 302, personally, I think gets just kicked in the teeth by the GT350 anyway, so that at fifty grand is a great buy. I suppose, but I was liking the Boss 302, actually. I like. it I was as well. liking buying because of I like it how well. much lower is that going than 30 is it going uh, to hang out? 20? It may hang out. I hear you. It still might you. hang out. So I'm I'm actually kind of going Boss 302 just hmm. because they're pretty raw. No, it's yeah. it's neither of the other two cars. Yeah. But it's a lot less money. Yeah. I mean, I think that I think that GT350 drops to 40 and hangs out. I don't think it goes much below there because I don't think yeah. that car gets replaced. I think it it's a moment in time from Ford. I think it's I guess, go to about I guess 40 the value question, I suppose. I was just looking at a better buy in this question. Oh, sure. I, I see think where a you're going. boss yeah. at thirty K less than you can buy him less than that though. You can, but here's the thing. Thirty K is an expensive K, boss. If I had thirty K, the boss wouldn't make my list. If I had fifty K, the GT three fifty would be on it. Yeah. On my short list. I'd agree with that. Honestly. And nine elevens have never been good value, let's be honest. They're just no. awesome to drive. And yeah. then you just justify it after you buy it because yeah. You have a 911, but they're and not that, like good value. Did you buy the 911? 
Yeah, well, it's not a good buy. And that, well, yeah, unless you happen to hang on to an air-cooled turbo well, and then you that. Then it went back up. But and the rest, who does? your your nine nine seven point two nine eleven, just your S is not going to go up. That sixty thousand dollar nine eleven in ten years from now is going to be worth thirty. Mm-hmm. I've got another one from uh, Benedict Joseph on uh, Facebook. Can you justify keeping a fun car? This goes right against what you and I say about please drive your cars. Can you justify keeping a fun car if you only put thousand miles a year on it? It happens to be older and paid off, so there's no problems. about it. It's depreciated. There's no, I have to keep this for value. It just exists. I own it. It doesn't cost me much, but I maybe put $1,000 a year on it. Do I keep this car? Benedict, my first question for you is this. Do you have somewhere to put it? Mm, if it's sitting sure. outside mostly rotting, please sell this car. Please sell this car. Let it go have a life as a car being driven. Sure, I can see that. If it's sitting inside somewhere, I still think you need to drive it more. I I do. I think you need to drive it more. But I I get the fact that if all it's taking up is a little bit of space and it's not costing you anything. Here's the other thing. If you drive it 1,000 miles a year, but half of those miles are you just discover something else that's broken, let it go. Let it go. But if it just you get in it, you didn't say what it is. You get in it, it runs, you put it away, you enjoyed it. And you have it paid off and it hangs out the corner of the garage? Okay. This is kind of related to Greg F's question over here on Facebook. He says, how many cars can you own before people start looking at you a little differently and start to judge you? (laughs) Is two acceptable or is three starting to seem strange? At what point are you labeled as a vehicular polygamist? (laughs) You know, there's people who have car collections there's and they're kind of all about them and there's people who have those mm. car collections and don't really tell anybody about them mm. yeah, yeah i yeah. mean you kind of start to notice after you show up like wait that's your car too like how many <laughs> <laughs> honestly if you're an enthusiast everybody has their hole down which to pour money yeah 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 eh, serious travel whether it's you know vacations or you know sailing or whatever that is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so if you've got a collection going a small collection at any level i can justify it yeah we want you to drive those cars though yeah and i will say i'll use jay leno as an example he's got a lot of money he's got a lot of cars yeah he's got a lot of people hitting him up for this and that he's also got a lot of swag posters and paintings and models and stuff of Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. that are not cars all over his garage curates his own museum holy cow yeah 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 but he does drive them. The mechanics that he employs actually fix the cars, and he chooses what he wants to drive, and he's constantly driving his mm-hmm. cars, mm-hmm. and not just for the show. Now, that is an extreme way yeah. out there. Yeah, very You're much so. Yeah. really wealthy, and you've got a lot of cars and money, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he does drive the cars even though he's got so many of them, which is impressive. Well, but- so five cars, four cars, you shouldn't have any trouble. You might yeah. have a couple that are your favorite summer cars, and you might have yeah, the yeah. work truck and the van for the kids and something else. <laughs> Fine. Absolutely. If you can swing that, great. Yeah. Well, judgment is perspective, too. That's the other thing about sure. it. Sure. Who's judging you? Because at sure. turn, get back around to what you started with, Paul. Everybody has their thing. So Somebody's collecting random knickknacks, and you walk into the house, and you're just blown away by You have how many of those? Why do you have all these figurines? Because that's where they put their money. And you may mm-hmm. think that's insane, but for whatever reason, they get joy out of that. Okay? So my, my thinking is whoever's judging you about why do you have so many cars? They just don't love cars. What do they love? Because they have something they probably have too many of by other people's standards that they put their money toward. Okay, we all have our thing. Gigi Mount was asking about the Dieselgate cars because the, he says the market oh, is getting yeah. flooded with cars that were bought back, and VW is throwing in a warranty that covers everything emissions related on the 2015 models for 10 years. Are these good buys? The cars were never running poorly. Yeah, they ran great and drove <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, they just were sooty and they were just polluting. A diesel car that pollutes diesel emissions. Yeah, I say yes, yeah. especially if they're offering them with a warranty. I think yeah. that's a good move on their part mm-hmm. because now they've bought back all these cars. they got to do something with. Mm-hmm. It doesn't behoove them to crush them or yeah. do anything like that. It kind of, why not turn them around, mm-hmm. offer the fix? They were never, like I said, poorly running cars. They had great power. Mm-hmm. They lasted a long time, all that stuff. Well, it's that personal Got a thing. warranty again? Yeah, seriously. Okay. There's a major personal question here. I mean, there are, I'm sure those of you that owned TDI cars or maybe still own a TDI car and try to figure out what to do with it. I've met a lot of people who they are genuinely angry 
about having the wool pulled over their eyes, about having a quote-unquote clean diesel, and they're mad at Volkswagen. And they have every so right to, to feel that way. Absolutely they do. But Or there were others that had those cars because they believed they were polluting less and now have found out they were polluting more. Mm-hmm. If these are not problems for you personally, and that is a personal question, why not get one of these cars? Yeah, great. Obviously, if you have one of those issues, you're never going to consider it. But if those are not issues for you, and you, you're going at least you're going in eyes open, know what you're buying now. Yeah, for sure. All right. What are the questions you got uh, here? JP Sella on Instagram said, have we ever contemplated the single car solution? It's the all-purpose daily and a track car. Oh, yeah. If so, could we come up with a few, at least three? Yes. I mean, I've had this. The, honestly, I'm going to say it. I know you're shocked. The, F, the FRS, the 86 chassis, is a fantastic daily and track car. I loved driving that car as hard as I possibly could, and I loved going to the ski mountain and put mountain bikes on the back and picking up my son from school all in that car. But I'll give you some others that do this very well. The Cayman, the BMW M cars, the mm-hmm. smaller model, the better, but the mm-hmm. BMW M cars. The 911 is an obvious, the Mustang, and the Corvette. Muraseri on Instagram is asking about the screens and electronics becoming standard on cars. Is this making car interiors age faster? And is this making all the older cars that we love more desirable by comparison due to the lack of all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, we've talked about upgrading your current ride. And it's very easy to do. You can upgrade yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. But then looking back, you know, we've recommended some cars that it looks clunky and you feel like, wow, I'm getting into the stone age here yeah. with the way the nav system looks. And, yeah. you know, the, what is that Atari Pong on the, my screen? Exactly. Like, the car is not that old, but the tech makes it look like it's ancient. You know, I don't think so because of the way cars drive and because mm. you've got your phone for everything. And it almost doesn't matter that that screen is there. You're just kind of tolerating it. Maybe it has a few functions, some radio and maybe some sure. climate sure. control. Yeah. You'll just never use the nav functions on it because you'll use your phone. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's integrated in as part of the instrument panel. But think of the um, the E90 series. He's an mm-hmm. E92 series BMWs. Yeah. Yeah, with, yeah. You know, you could choose just the clean instrument panel or the, or the double, double hump. hump. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of screwed up the looks of everything. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, it actually works great. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's a good Agreed. example yeah. of, hey, you could get it without that kind of clunky now looking technology. Yeah, true. And just use your phone for everything. Honestly, it's going to be a weird kind of a thing. But going forward... I think because touchscreens and the way they operate, heck, on the back of uh, airplane seats now, almost yeah, all the aircraft we yeah. fly on have the screens, at mm-hmm. least Delta does. It works just like your iPhone. Mm-hmm. And so I think those screens and that kind of concept, the, the way you pinch and swipe and move and totally, those interactions, yeah, yeah, yeah. those are going to last a bit longer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the car is dominated by giant screens. Yeah. Yeah. All they can do is continue to update the interface, which mm-hmm. they can do on those screens. So in the case of moving forward, I think we're okay for a while. But moving backward, you're going to want to just tape your phone over <laughs> where that old screen <laughs> because, was. This is Thank God you can do things like Apple CarPlay and Android Auto after the fact in these older cars. And I feel like there's also a level at which going back 10 or 15 years, it becomes vital. Going back 20, it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Right, because <laughs> the cars didn't right. have anything, so it, right. it makes it makes it fine and clean, which it is very tiny head units, yeah, yeah. which is crazy. Guys, thank you a million for your support. As we've said, really, really appreciate all your ratings, your reviews. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to sharing yeah. season four, and we cannot wait for the Corvette film. We keep yeah. joking about it, but <laughs> it's been a piece that has beat on us physically. Mm-hmm. It's been a real struggle, and I think it's going to be a real triumphant victory for us when we get it's, that out to share. It we've with got you. some cool cars to share yeah, on that for did. sure. Like I said, really appreciate all your interaction. Please write to us with your own car debate, and we're looking forward to next time. Cheers.